This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, and I have the one and only with me from Presidential Bank Mortgage with all that money over there in the vault, storing it up for the spring market, Mr. Terry Kernan. <laughs> you ready to unleash some serious <laughs> funds? I want, to, I want to lend money. I want to lend lots of money. There you go. There you go. All right, let's get into it right away. I just want to remind all of our awesome listeners out there, um, everything we're talking about is a lot of a conglomeration of uh, your ideas, thoughts, and questions that we get pretty uh, serious on the streets and from you guys. And then you can always text in to the radio station here, 301-694-9363. You can um, definitely call in and uh, when we're on the programs on Saturday mornings, but we're doing a little recording today. Um, and all that good stuff. Terry, let's get into the numbers. Oh, by the way, we've been talking a lot about land, building, all that entails. Holy cow, I had a lot of um, good response, and everybody wants all my checklists and everything I've created in 19 years to know. Um, I have one lady I'm working with now, family, who listened to our program. They've been very interested in it, and I sent them all that stuff, and she said, Darren, she said, um, the other two agents that we had called like previous, they didn't have none of this information hardly at all. Yours is about as detailed as you can imagine. And thank you for putting some good builders in there, like all of our homes, Mark Lancaster, Devil Biss, all the different builders and the people that we know. And um, and uh, so I said, yeah, that's our job. Our job is to give you every little piece of piece of information so that you can um, basically figure it all out. And so I told them about, you know, with you, they've listened about land, you know, how much it's put down and what are the protocols and things like that. So they get it. So, all right, let's get right into it. Terry, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, actives, um, not too bad. The total, <laughs> not too bad. It seems like we're getting used to this stuff and all that. Um, 209 total homes for sale today, 209. 209, okay. Now, that includes everybody. Not farms, that's, sorry, farms. Yeah. There's about 15 farms, and uh, that's a different, you know, kind of a buyer and bracket and all that fun stuff like that. But um, And then lots, of course. We have about 90 lots for sale, and uh, so, but as far as the homes and things, 97 resale homes. We still are having a hard Can't time break. breaking 100 again. We got down to 67. I about flipped out, and I've been sending them to you so you can send them to all of your loan officers so everybody can look at the current day inventory and say, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. And But the good news is, you know, how you know we can skew numbers and make numbers sound more legit is instead of saying that there's 30 more houses on the market than there were last week, we could say that listings have gone up by... 33%, right? Yeah, right. Or 50% because, yeah. you know, almost 50% increase in listings. So uh, the positive news is we have almost a 50% increase in listings. Yeah. And so, like, even this morning, I had a new buyer. Um, she had texted me this morning. She said, we're looking in Middletown, Myersville, Jefferson kind of area. I said, all right, no problem. Three bedroom, two and a half bath plus under $600,000, right? Two car mm -hmm. garage. You know, kind of your norm kind of thing. Nothing out of the ordinary with age or other things like that. Um, I pulled it up. I sent it to her, and I texted back, and I said, there are six for sale. She's like, what? Six? What are you kidding me? I said, actually, that's pretty darn good out of 97. Yeah, 6%. Heck yeah. That's, 6% of the market that's is. That's not too bad. 
So she said, well, when – she back, like, when are we going to have, like, 20 or 50 homes? And I said, I don't know if we're going to see it this spring. We're hoping to get to, like, 400 homes for sale that you can, like, pick from. So, yeah, that's kind of funny to get the reactions as an agent from the brand new or people just looking, scouring, and then we send them in real time, and then they're just like, are you kidding me? Here's the interesting thing, Terry. Out of those 97 resale homes, the average time on the market of those are seven days. We are back to where we were six months ago, seven days, which this is what I'm dealing with. Last night, I showed two homes up in Hagerstown, a little bit past Hagerstown in Morgansville area, and um, we're writing an offer on one as soon as I'm done here, and the coolest part is like, it was like pulling the data things and all that points this morning and working on that, and the days on market, it's like, yeah, this thing's one day on the market, and they're not waiting, there's no time frame, they're like, we're looking at offers as they come. So here's what we're seeing happen, Terry. We've got two kinds of sellers right now. We have the seller that says um, all offers are due by Monday at 12 noon. And, um, you know, those are the guys putting it on the market at uh, like a Wednesday or Thursday. Right. And then you got this other one. You know, today we're, we're Thursday. Okay. This came out on Monday, Monday night. Okay. Right? Which well, you they're had not said waiting last a week. week. Yeah, they're not waiting they're not a whole waiting. week. Okay. They're like, when they come in, we'll look at them. Well, man, it's a race to the bottom. I'm, like, getting ready to write this offer, like, now, send it over, and they're like, do we have an answer tonight? Because that's what my buyers are, like, going to be expecting because they know we're not waiting through the whole weekend and everything unless the buyer changes their mind. They could do that. But this is, I think, the two dynamics of that is the only thing I can think of that's causing this seven-day on the market. We're seeing sellers not wanting to lose buyers by finding a shiny object over here the next day and releasing the contract over here and saying, oh, I'll take our offer off the table because we just found something better, nicer, faster, bigger pool, better jacuzzi, whatever, whatever. So that's why I tell sellers it's it's a really it's a tricky thing on how to kind of handle this because um, it's so fast moving. So this is the only thing I can think of a why we have an average of like seven days on the market again. So have you as a listing agent, uh, what have you seen as a listing agent? Um, with contracts coming in and so forth, what what are you normally or what are you seeing right now on the listing um, side? The big push is buyers want an answer within twenty four hours. They don't okay. want to wait four, they five, move six on. days. Yeah, I mean they're man, it's a race to the bottom, and yeah, they're worried about interest rates are going to go up in forty eight hours, or this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. So man, we are like day trading. I'm not tell you what this is like day trading real estate right now. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> you know, way to put like it. It's like day trading. All right, 438000 median uh, price of the resale. Um, that's why we always like to take out the brand-new builds because, good night, these brand-new builds, and as you know, Terry, single-family construction, your $550,000 is almost starting us to go, well, that's pretty cheap. That's a stripped-down house. You sure there's a toilet and vanity in the half-bath? You want a staircase with that. I know. It's scary to think that. But on the resales, we're at like 438, single family. Okay. Um, new construction. Ooh, this is a low, 112. Remember, we were at like 130, mm-hmm. 150, even 155. It always rides around there, yeah. It's weird. 112 new construction, and coming soon is 68, which is still, ah, we need to get over 100 with coming soon's to even begin to start getting this resale number into the 150 in higher zone. Because you and I did predict together, we, we both gave our prediction at the beginning of the year, you know, the New Year's, 
and we said that that the market was going to heat up right away in January. Oh, yeah. And we have not seen that happen yet. Mm-mm. And I think that what I'm hearing and seeing from people is I don't want to put my house on the market because I've got nowhere to go. Yep, that's it. And so there's got to be something that pushes them. Now, rates, my prediction was rates were going to level off at about 3.75% and get there around, you know, in the spring market and level off till around June and kind of take another look at it. I missed that prediction, okay? Rates are now at four and above in most situations, so they keep going up, 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 and the numbers that are coming out, Darren, aren't helping the rates at all. So, So what we're seeing is anybody that we've got in our as a prospect, we are having to go back and basically requalify them at the higher rate now because they are losing qualifying power every day. Yeah, the big time. We're going to talk about that more. Um, pending under contract, 756. That's still a little higher than I thought considering the amount of inventory and what's coming out. But um, that's backlog stuff, and it's definitely coming down But. You know, um, that's what's under contract. But here's the big number, 274 in the last 30 days sold. And so that's definitely uh, below the norm. That's about 30 to 40, 30% below the average. But that will tick up if, if, if. But it always takes time because as we get the new resales, as we get the homes come on the market, as you know, it takes 45 to 60 days to see that 30-day sale number start to tick up. It's going to take two months to, for that 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 to start kicking in um and list of solds 99.8 percent and so that's pretty pretty uh pretty prevalent there so far as market update that is the word right now is gridlock that's the biggest thing i just um oh i'm getting ready to have a, a thing after this too with about 10 other agents from around the country I'm, I'm part of a group that we meet on zoom every single month and we talk about what's going on and i talk to other agents throughout the month and stuff like that and that is the key word the key word is gridlock like okay. you said, sellers, sellers want to sell. I've got, I've got like forty sellers that they could tell me any minute. Bring a sign. I've got, I got one yesterday. I got a sign up, and I got two more coming in the next week. But what's happening is, is they're like you said, they're they, like the one I'm selling the, from yesterday. It's an investment property. They don't live here. They're from out of the area. That that's they can sell. They, they're ready to sell. They don't have any. They already got a place to go. Everybody selling has a place to go already. They're not. Okay. All my people that want to sell that don't have a place right now are the ones in my queue that are going five homes for sale. You kidding me? Like, how's that going to work? And here's what gridlock's causing. It's causing us right now to not even have to pretty much worry about, um, oh, um, I'm going to sell my house, but I have a contingent to find a house of my choice. The one I'm putting an offer on now they do have it as contingent of finding a home of their choice. Okay. My buyers are good with that. They don't care what kind of time they need because they're settling on their place in Dundalk this next week. Okay. So they're going to already have their cash. They're already going to have their place sold. They're already living with family. They already got their place. So the dynamics of this whole gridlock thing is a lot of agents have to really strategically understand and know two things. What position is my seller in? Like, where are they going? How do I find them something? How do I get them in that? How do we make sure they're not homeless because they're not, you know, in that regard? And then for your buyer side, it's all about, like, how much flexibility do you got here, boys and girls? Because that's everything. Like, how much flexibility do you got? 
those are the discussions that we're having on that end, on the mm-hmm. on the timing end. And then we're going to get into your end on, like, uh-oh, uh, your mortgage loan thing. It was pretty much coasting at three and a quarter, three and a half percent. What do you qualify now? I don't care what you qualified two months ago. Where's your purchasing power and all that? And that's let, that's what we need to talk about. So loan loan. I wanted to talk about loan to value limits. We'll get to loan locks. How that works a little bit because with new construction, I've got two more people that want to get involved in new construction. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing I keep saying is talking to you about you've got to make sure that you get locked in because these homes are taking a year to build. And what in the world happens if you're on the edge with your loan to value ratios and all of a sudden forget about, man, are you going to be able to buy the house and qualify down the road? So we want to touch on that and then the employment stuff because, holy cow, I just had someone just recently that's dealing with the employment stuff and like, wait a minute, we didn't know that was going to be an issue. So let's get into the whole segment of this stuff here because, okay. guys, this is huge. All right, go ahead. Okay. So um, you wanted me to talk a little bit about uh, employment and what people are dealing with as far as employment. So to give you an idea, uh, whether you're buying your first house or your fifth house, we're still going to look at four areas, okay? We're going to look at your income. We're going to look at your credit. We're going to look at the funds to go to closing. Those are check, check, check. The one that I've been struggling with um, is job security, okay? Job stability. That's the fourth area. That's usually the easiest area to accomplish, but with COVID, it has caused a lot of problems with people being laid off, being brought back, being laid off, being brought back. Wow. So so job stability was always the first one to check. It was like, oh, who do you work for? How long you've been there? So we look at two years of employment history. That is very, very, very important. So if somebody has been at a job for two years, that's a very stable job. If somebody's been with a company for two years, but they've been laid off by that company twice in the last two years because of COVID, that is not deemed as stable as being with a company for two years. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what we take a look at is job stability. We're looking at two years of income. So people will say, I have two part-time jobs. And that's how I've been making it. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Let's talk about the part-time jobs. How long have you had both jobs? Well, I've had one part-time job for two years, and it started out as a full-time job, but they moved me down to part-time. So I went out and I got another part-time job eight months ago. Well, unless you have a history of two years with part-time income from from a part-time income. If you have a second job, we need a two-year history on that second job. A lot of people think that they can go out and they can basically get a part-time job in the evenings two months before they're going to buy a house. That's going to help with your down payment, but that's not going to help with your qualifying, okay? We can't say, oh, they've got a part-time job. They've only had it for two months. That's great. We're going to count this income towards their gross income, which will help them qualify for more. So we cannot do it that way, okay? That's not how the industry allows it. We want to see a two-year history 
of any job or jobs that you're working. So part-time income, great, but we've got to see a two-year history. Now, somebody will say, well, I've been there for a year and eight months. Okay, that's kind of a decision that the underwriter is going to make. Hmm. Generally, they're going to say, maybe we can take a look at averaging the last two years with only 20 months of income. Does that make sense? Yeah. So take the 20-month income, divide it by 24, and we'll use that. It'll be conservative, but it shows that we are taking into consideration the part-time income. Wow. Okay. So that's on the employment, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, I remember the the little bit of a rule of like same type of industry, same type job thing and all that stuff like that. How much of a factor is that still playing into everything If uh, in that regard? So uh, I did a loan um, probably 30 years ago, okay? The same four areas that I covered just five minutes ago are the same four areas that I've been covering for 36 years that I've been in the business. I did a loan over 30 years ago for a gentleman that just got out of the service a year earlier. So he had served his time in the Navy, and he basically had jumped from job to job to job. A realtor says, uh, give Terry a call. He, 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 know, he knows what to look for. He had been turned down by every mortgage company that he had talked to. Why did he get turned down? He had five different jobs in the last 12 months. No job stability. So I said, well, tell me a little bit about your job, jobs. He said, well, I got out of the Navy, and I had a computer degree, and I'm in very high demand. So about every two months, somebody comes to me and approaches me, a headhunter, and says, hey, would you come here? I said, well, what were you making in the first job you took out of the Navy? He said, I was making about 30000 And I said, what are you making with the job you're at today? He said, 80000 <laughs> So do you see where this is going? Yeah. He did not have job stability, but it actually was job stability because every he time he up. kept moving up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which takes the risk down and you can afford more and you're good. So you can change jobs. Okay. You can change jobs as long as you're bettering yourself. If you're a um, if you're a manager of a mortgage company, one day and then the next day you're driving Uber, we're not going to be able to use that Uber income. Okay. <laughs> so basically, if you change your career, um, we look at: Are you going to be W two'd? Is it guaranteed? Is it forty hours a week? So we take into consideration everything. But the answer is, is you can change jobs during the process as long as it's for a better job in the same field helps. But if it's a slightly different field, but you're qualified to do it, then that's totally fine as well. So always be, you know, upfront. I mean, we've had people there because we do check five days before settlement whether somebody has bought anything else, but most importantly, we call their jobs and see if they have left their job. And you'd be amazed at the amount of people that haven't left their job, but have given two weeks notice. And they tell us, well, oh uh, my gosh. they've given their two weeks notice. <laughs> and now what do we have? We have a problem. This is under the verification side of life. That is right? correct. It's no different than whatever you do. Do not go. I just heard an agent in our office. Ah, oh, God bless them. Ah, they're, they're losing their stuff, man. They've lost it. 
They have a buyer that's a week away from settlement, and they went and opened up an account and bought $7,500 in furniture. That's a no-no. Uh, don't go buy a car. Don't get fur- I tell buyers, whatever you do until we go to settlement, don't change nothing in your life. Don't change your job. Don't go buy a car. Don't even go out to eat, for God's sakes, if you can help it. Like, don't do it. If, when in doubt, call me or Terry, the lender, right? Make sure you don't, for like 45 days, just breathe. Don't do anything weird but set, breathe. Save, and they actually, save money. Save money. Save money, yes. But they actually, like, laugh because you almost have to go to that extent because somebody's going to do it. I've had it happen. And I'm like, did you not read my buyer process? Did you not hear? I'm doing the Jerry Maguire thing. Like, help me help you. I'm trying to get you in the house. So that's a good one there. Yeah, so the so not to leave people hanging because when somebody gives their two weeks notice, what happens? First thing is I call them and I say, what's going on? <laughs> and they'll say, well, I didn't quit my, you said I can't quit my job. Oh, no. I can't change jobs till after I settle. Oh, no. But I'm, but I'm, but I get my two weeks notice because we're settling next week and I'm going to quit the week after. And so the question is, so what are you going to do? Like, what what do you do? Oh, well, I took a job here. Okay, we now have to use that new job. Yeah. We now have to use that new job as income. Yeah. Okay? So we now have to get the the uh, offer letter. Yep. And we have to say, okay, they are switching jobs. And most of the time, people, when they switch jobs, it's for the better. Yeah. They're just afraid that they're going to get uh, rejected their loan that because we do instill fear into them in the sense that you can't do you can't go out and buy stuff you can't get a new job you but but if it if you have to then that's fine we'll work around it just make sure when in doubt check double so, check triple check so just because you put in your two weeks notice if you have another job now we did have one where the buyer quit his job and uh like the day before settlement and uh, he was. I said, "What are you going to do?" He said, uh, "I'm going to sell um, stuff on eBay." And I said, "What? What? <laughs> you, you can't. Like, you can't do that." Yeah. We can't use that income. He said, "Oh, okay." Oh boy. All righty. A um, couple other things that we were going to talk a little bit uh, for a few minutes. I think we got about five minutes for so loan to value limits, loan locks. Let's talk about loan locks. Woo. Okay. Because of the moving and shaking of the market and going up, how do you guys handle that? Tell the listeners. How do you handle loan locks? So to, to extend a loan for 30 days, okay, it's going to run anywhere from a half a point, and a half a point is a half a percent of your loan amount. So very simple. On a $500,000 loan, to extend your loan, it's going to be probably in the 2500 to probably 3700 range to extend it for 30 days, okay? I have a situation where the people have a HELOC that they do not want to close to subordinate that HELOC. It's going to take us 30 days. And I said, I locked you in at 3.25%. If I let your loan expire, it's going to be at 4.25%. So we're going to extend it for 30 days. Are you okay with that? (laughs) Or you cannot do the HELOC. And they said, no, we want the HELOC. We'll pay the half point to extend it. So you've got to be very careful on times. Now, where are we seeing that most of the locks are struggling? 
is we're seeing with new construction because of the supply issues, the supply chain issues, that builders are really, really, really struggling. I talked about it last show about, you know, what I saw down in Orlando with the builder show and in talking to builders. So what we're doing is we're looking to be able to lock people in for up to 180 days on new construction, okay? That's a very important thing that we are working on that going forward we're going to be able to help people um what we'll do is we will approve them at a higher rate than the current market rate so if today's market is 4.125 percent i'm going to probably get them approved at around four and a half percent on new construction okay i'm always going to add about a half percent by the time that the market settles down is it going to be at four and a half? It very well could be. You know, the numbers we keep seeing are pushing the inflation number higher and higher. So um, having a long-term lock on new construction is very, very important going into the future. You ain't kidding. Does it cost more to lock in for 180 days? That's what everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know. Yep. So they're going to ask two questions. How much more is it? So the rate will be basically a higher rate, and we're going to collect one point up front okay we're going to collect one percent so let's go back to the five thousand dollar five hundred thousand dollar loan is we're going to collect one percent up front five thousand dollars now does that money disappear no if you show up at the settlement table to honor your lock we're going to credit that towards your closing costs. gotcha okay Okay? Mm -hmm. the other question people say is well what if rates drop yes so let's say we protect your rate at four and a quarter and let's say rates drop down to 3.75 we're gonna have a float down that you'll be able to float down 30 days before settlement that's fair right yeah yeah so you can have a free float down we're not going to charge extra for that so we're going to collect money up front to make sure that you show up because for us to guarantee that money to you six months from now... It's costing you something. It, it costs us about a point. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. So That's good to know. Yeah. So long-term locks on new construction are very important. And that is what all these new constructions you should be taking a look at is how far can you lock the loan? Because we do not know, obviously, where these rates are going to stop. Because no matter what they're going to do... The, the inflation keeps going up. Yeah, good stuff. We have about two, two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. Good stuff, guys. This is why we're here right there. All this stuff that most people don't know about. I mean, you can Google it in a snap, but got Terry and I right here being able to share. Terry, um, life on the streets, title issue. Yeah, love it. Title issues. Doing a cash deal on a place um, in Thermont. And um, um, thank God for, you know, Signature, Katrina, and all them guys over there who help support this. And they, they've been awesome for 20 years doing all my stuff uh, as well as others. And here's the deal. Here it came up. I said, hey, hey, cash deal. We're settling in two weeks. Do a title. So, like, get it back now. Abstract title. Sure enough, the description that came back, Terry, when I saw it, and I'm not a professional at this, right? Okay. I'm like, are you kidding me? That doesn't even sound – that doesn't sound right. Like, that rock, I don't remember that. This house was built as a schoolhouse in the early 1900s, burned to the ground. The family kept it in their in the, the property. In the 1940s, they built the house again, okay, okay, a bungalow. 
It's been there ever since. And they put fences up, outbuildings, the whole nine yards, I think. But when I read the description, thing, I'm like, are you kidding me? So now, major title issue. The title issue, it doesn't describe anything that's there now. Oh, no. So all of a sudden, even though it's a cash deal and it has nothing to do with a loan, we're still red flags. So here's the deal. My buyer, I said, look, I would not buy this. Take an exemption, they call it, to the rules for the title insurance. So it's unsurable in that, and you would inherit it, and then you got to fix it. So we're going to let the sellers fix it, Your Honor. So I called the other agent, and I said, hey, it's going to be about $2,000 to get this resurveyed and done and fixed and corrected. And it's going to delay settlement by about 10, um, like 10 days or so. And uh, this is where my buyer's position is, how we doing over there. So any minute, I'll be able to let all of our listeners know if the buyers are going to take this on. And how, as real estate agents, we navigate through that to protect our buyers and make sure our sellers don't have an issue, you know, as well and what that looks like. So really, really important stuff. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Get on WFMD in the drop down on your Frederick Real Estate Update because you will see the last 242 programs now. And we're happy selling and buying this weekend. We're here for you, and we'll see you next week. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244. 301-639-9244, or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at Ahern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.